worship in Birmingham last week. Um, the church there was really nice to us. So, but it's good to be back with, with our church family here in Huntsville. So thank you for, for letting us get away to do that for them down in Birmingham. If you have your Bible, please open it to Ruth chapter 3. Ruth chapter 3. As you know, the Olympics is going on right now, and I'm sure many of you have tuned in to watch the events. And my favorite event during the Olympics is track and field. That's, that's always my favorite events to watch. And to me, um, one, of my, one of the most favorite events in the track and field is the hurdles. I love to see the runners jump over those hurdles. And if you're familiar with the event, you know, the runner starts out in the blocks, and they take off, and they have to jump over hurdles that are spaced out throughout the track. And so they got to – so the first to get past the hurdles to get to the finish line wins. And so I love track and field in the Olympics, particularly the hurdles. And life, for many of us, often feels like we're running in the 400-meter hurdle that has no finish line in sight. There's no finish line. We're, we're, all of us are running a race that, that has hurdles spaced throughout. You clear one hurdle, then soon another hurdle approaches. It, they just keep coming, hurdle after hurdle. And many of you know what I'm talking about. Amen? You're face-to-face -face with a hurdle at this very moment, and you're struggling to know what to do with it. I'm faced with one, and I'm sure going to know what to do with it. And I have questions. You have questions when it comes to the hurdles we face in life. Where am I to turn? Who am I to turn to? How am I going to clear this hurdle? Those were the same questions that Ruth was faced with also. You see, she too came face to face with a hurdle. They needed to be cleared. She, she came face to face with this hurdle during her late night conversation with Boaz. And most of you probably remember the sermon I last preached. She went to see Boaz. And they had a conversation, right? Right? Okay. I know you forgot. They had a conversation. And what, did she, what happened in that conversation? She asked Boaz to marry her. Will you take me as your wife? And what did he tell her? My daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. He was going to spread his wings over her. And I'm sure when he said that she was excited, she, had, she was filled with hope and joy. She did everything Naomi said, the plan. And it seemed like everything had worked out. Checkmate. We got him. I got my man. But was it? Was it checkmate? No. Not yet. A hurdle was revealed. A hurdle that interfered with her plans. And so look with me, Ruth chapter 3, beginning in verse, man, these small print Bibles. I don't know why I do this to myself. All right. Chapter 3, verse 12. This is Boaz speaking to Ruth. Now, it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. 
Remain tonight. And in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he's not willing to redeem you then, as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until morning. So she led his feet until morning, but arose before anyone could recognize each other. And he said to her, let it not, he said, let it not be known that the woman came through the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you're wearing and hold it out. So she held it out, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it in on her. So she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, how did you fare, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, these six measures of barley he gave to me. And he said, you must not go back into him to your mother-in-law. She replied, wait, my daughter, until morning. Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but will settle the matter this day. Pray with me. Lord, as we come to your truth, these are your words. They're not the words of man, though you use man to write them, for they are the very words of our God, your scriptures. And so what is said today is from, is from you to your people. And so we need your spirit to preach to my heart. We need your spirit to preach to the hearts of everyone here. As I pray each Sunday, you know where we are. You know what we're dealing with. You know the places where we are this morning. You know what we're trying to hide from the neighbor sitting next to us in the chairs. But we can't hide it from you. You know. You know the very things we don't want other people to know about us. And that is what I need the Spirit to speak to this morning in my own heart and the hearts of everyone that's here. And I pray for this in Christ's name. Amen. A hurdle interfered with Naomi's plans. Interrupted her moment of excitement and joy. This hurdle held down a spot on her life. And the hurdle is revealed right here in Boaz's own words. There's a redeemer closer than I. I want to marry you, but there's something that's in the way. He wanted to spread his wings over her, to cover her. He wanted to give her the rest that would come through marriage, protection, security, stability, provision. But he could not, for there was a redeemer closer than him. And for Ruth, those words were a hurdle. A hurdle that stood in the way of what she asked Boaz to do. And how do you think she felt? Well, you got a spirit, all the spiritualized stuff. If that was you, how would you feel, ladies? You don't think she was at least a little bit disappointed? Look at what she did. The plan. What did, what did Naomi tell her? Go put your best dress on, take a bath, and go down to that threshing floor and uncover a man's feet and lay down beside those feet and he'll tell you what to do. She followed the plan. She did what she said. But did it guarantee that she was going to get him? No. And how would you feel? I did all that. I took all that risk. I came up empty-handed. So you can see that at least some of her hope and excitement was draining. She did all she could do, but it did not generate the hope she thought it would come. She thought she would leave their marriage, at least guaranteed that he would do it. It only revealed you another hurdle that had to be cleared. You see, you could do all the right things. 
all the right things. You can implement the plans and advice you receive from godly counsel, and things still don't turn out the way you hope for. And you're like, well, why do it? <laughs> That's the world we live in. Now, we need godly counsel. We need to take personal responsibility. But neither of those things will protect you from facing hurdles. Then a plan you can follow that's going to protect you from facing a hurdle in life. There is no hurdle-free life. But many of us live on the illusion, on the illusion that certain people have found the secret to having no hurdles in their life. And we envy them for it. And we covet them for it. If only I had what they had, then I have no hurdles. My life would be what it needs to be. But here's a reality check for all of us. You see, it doesn't matter what track you're racing on. There are hurdles spaced out on that track. If you trade out one track for another, you just trade out different kinds of hurdles. I hope you realize that. They're all hurdles. On every track of life, they're there. So you trade out one for another set. The grass is not greener. It's just that that's a lie. But we always think it is. It just appears to be. There are going to be times in your life. There are going to be times in your life when you say, look at all the work I've done. I put in applications, Pastor Alex. I went to interviews. I made phone calls. I went to counseling. I got my child the help that he or she needed. I did the best I could to parent my kids. I studied hard for that test. I served my spouse. I'm doing all I know to do. And look what has happened. Every time I try to do the right thing, I keep coming face to face with hurdles, Pastor Alex. I take two steps forward, three steps backwards. That's how I feel. What hurdle is in your face right now? What are you face to face with? And more importantly, how are you going to clear that hurdle? How are you going to get over it? You know, if life, if life was a person, if life could stand right here, and talk to each of you this morning, you know what it would say to you? Did you really think the race was going to be easy? Did you really think it was going to be that easy? Did you really think you can just push a cruise control button and just coast through life? There are no cruise control buttons in life. There is no coasting through life. Our problem is with our expectations. See, hurdles are not a, a jack-in-the-box that just pop up out of nowhere. Oh, I didn't know you was coming. They're landmarks, people. They're landmarks. Expect them to come. Just like you expect to come through a stop sign when you get up to this, uh, up here on Virginia Boulevard, expect at some point you're going to face a hurdle in your life. And there's nothing you can do that's going to change that. For some of you, the hurdle you face to face with this morning is there because of the decision that you made. And oh yes, I'm in your business this morning. So for some of you, 
the hurdle you face with is there because of the decision that you made. And how are you going to clear it? How are you going to get over it? It's going to take more than just you working harder. It's going to take more than you scheming. It's going to take more than you just, just working smarter. Remember the call I read a few weeks ago. Human initiative, human responsibility, it means nothing without divine action and blessing. We constantly need the Lord to be at work in our life, on our behalf, before us and behind us, beside us. We need His help to get through the hurdles of life. And that's what Ruth needed in this situation. Because she was face to face with something that was outside of her control. She couldn't fix it. She couldn't. And some of you are doing things that you can't fix either. You need Jesus to help you face the hurdle that you're faced with. Verse 13. Boaz told Naomi, remain tonight. And in the morning, if he would not redeem you, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until morning. Boaz tried to comfort Ruth. And assure her with these words. He was going to face the hurdle with her. He could have just said, well, I'm second on the list. So you need to go talk to this other guy. No. He was going to face it with her. More importantly, he was going to face the Redeemer for her. She wasn't even going to have to do it. He, she was even going to have to go face to face with him. She was not alone. You see... For Boaz, it became a hurdle for him, too. He wanted to marry Ruth. You know that, right? He wanted to be with her. And how was he going to deal with this hurdle? How was he going to go around it? How was he going to deal with it? Were they going to pretend that it wasn't there? Go ahead and get married and not talk to the other redeemer? Boaz was going to deal with it the right way. Head on. Face to face. From these words, we know he was going to do it the right way. He was going to do it without compromising his own integrity, his own character. Ruth might not like that, but she respected him more because of it. He was going to face it the right way. He was going to do what was right toward the other redeemer who was closer than him, even though it might cost him the hand of Naomi in marriage. He was going to still risk it and do what was right. Can we? when it comes to the hurdles in our life. He told her, if he's not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord will, I will redeem you. Lie down to morning. So she, she lay back down at his feet. He probably eased some of the uncertainty and anxiety because he was going to fight for her. But for the reality is this, there was a huge possibility that, that Naomi was not going to be able to be redeemed by him. And you talk about feeling powerless with no control over your life. This is, this is it right here. Whether or not she's redeemed by Boaz, it all depends upon a man she had never met and she knew nothing about. And so she's just left in limbo, I guess. What's going to happen to me tomorrow when he meets with this man? You think she slept well that night with you? 
ladies. No. That's not over-spiritualized. She's still a human. She's still a person. So no. I'm sure she was restless. I'm sure she wondered what was going to happen. The text says she rose early in the morning before anyone could recognize each other. And probably not in the best of spirits. And she prepared to make her way back to her mother-in-law. But before she departed, Boaz gave her some food before she departed. And to protect her character and his character, he told the workers, do not let anyone know, know that the woman came here. And that's important. Why? Because it could jeopardize things with the other redeemer. But he also wanted to protect her character and his. So she returned home with some food, but not with a guarantee that Boaz was going to redeem her. Naomi asked her, how did you fare, my daughter? She wanted to know the outcome. She told her all that Boaz had done for her. But based on Naomi's response, I wonder if, if Ruth herself didn't feel a little empty-handed. I wonder. Because she says, Boaz said, I must not return to my mother-in-law empty-handed. But she was empty-handed because she didn't go there for food. She went there to get a man. And she came back empty-handed. Naomi said, wait. Why would she say wait? Because she's restless. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? One Christian says the, the abundance of grain that Boaz gave to Naomi, to Ruth, was not just a generous financial contribution for her physical needs. It was a symbolic expression of Ruth's greatest need was for a child. You know, in the Bible, sometimes six means incomplete. Seven means completion. And I'm thinking, in this situation, she was incomplete. Her need was not completely met yet. Because she still needed to be covered. Still needed that rest that came from marriage. And now it's uncertain whether or not she would get the man she wanted. So Naomi says, wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest. For the man will not rest. But we said it a matter this day. You got to understand that in this story, Boaz is, is an expression of the Lord's kindness. And so she has to trust that the Lord was somehow was going to work through Boaz in this situation. And that his will was going to be done. And you know what? He did. In, ver- in chapter 4, Boaz, he met with the Redeemer. Had a meeting with him. Gave the Redeemer the chance to redeem the land. And the Redeemer told him he couldn't. Because he didn't want to impair his own inheritance. Because if he had a child with Naomi, with Ruth, it would interfere with his own kids' inheritance. So he told Boaz, take the right of redemption for yourself. The hurdle was cleared. And he faced it in, 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 without compromise, doing the right things, even though it might have cost him her hand in marriage. How do you face the hurdles in your life? Will you compromise your character to do it? Will you do it the right way? And hey, it's easy to say you'll do it the right way when you're not face-to-face with one. I know that. I'm not naive. It's always easy to say what you will do when you're not dealing with something. Because, you know, it sounds spiritual to say, yeah, I'm going to do the right thing. And then when you're in the battle, I guarantee you're going to have second thoughts. 
If you don't believe that, you just underestimate your own sin. Some of you know that, you know, on I-65 there, they're doing a lot of traffic work. And on our way to Birmingham last week, traffic was backed up. And I told Waikia, I said, you know what, we're going to go through Decatur because we're going to avoid all that traffic. We're going to do an alternate route. That's a good approach with traffic, not a good approach with hurdles. Because you know what? There are no alternate routes. There are none. You can't put a GPS and find an alternate route. There are none when it comes to hurdles in life. You can't avoid them. You can't hide from them. You got to face them head on. But you got to know at the same time you don't face them alone. Most of us think we are alone. And you're not. You're not alone. The continued presence and work on the Lord is a major theme in the book of Ruth and a major theme of, in your life as well. The Lord was working out his purposes for Naomi and Ruth through Boaz. And when Christians show up in your life, you think that's by accident? Do you? It's the Lord working on your behalf. You say, where is Jesus? He's standing right in front of you through his church. Do you have eyes to see it? It's the question. Do you have eyes to see it? The hardest thing for us to do is to wait on the Lord to give us clear direction on how to face the hurdles that we deal with. Now, are there going to be times when you compromise? Yes. If you say you don't, then you're lying. I guarantee you're lying. Yes. There are going to be times when you compromise your character and your integrity to get over a hurdle. I mean, that's just, I'm just keeping it real. But what happens when you do? What happens when you do? His mercies are new every morning. That's what you remember. There's repentance and forgiveness. He is mindful that you are but dust. How often we forget that. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Because sometimes we compromise our own character and character to get over hurdles in our life. I told the church staff one time that the Lord is at work in my life even when I'm sleeping at night. He's working. Even when I'm restless at night, he is working. Because he does not sleep. He's not re- he, he never gets restless. He never grows weary. He never takes a break. He never goes on vacation. And your hurdles are not a burden to him. He knows what you deal with. Jesus dealt with hurdles. But he faced them. The biggest one was the cross, and he did it for you. How will he not also work through whatever you're going through at this very moment? You've got to have faith to believe that he will see you through. Through his spirit, you have to pray that the Father will help you to wait for the Lord to move. And as Naomi told Ruth, wait, child of God. He would not rest until the matter in your life gets settled. You've got to hold on to that. He will not rest until the matter is settled in your life. Psalm 121 that Doug just read. I looked up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
He will not let your foot be moved. He will keep you from not, he will help, he, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade on your right hand. The shade on your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. Beautiful. But do you believe it? The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Do you believe it? The Lord will keep you from going, you're going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. If you're struggling with hurdles, when you get home, you need to pray and cry through these words because they are promises to you that whatever you're going through, he is going to keep your life and see you through. Pray with me. Thank you, Jesus, that where does my help come from? My sovereign God my dad, my Abba Father. Lord, that's where my help comes from. But the hurdle I'm faced with, I know that I'm not in it alone. That you are there with me. You're going to help me get over and clear. And that's true for all of us who, that's here that know you. That we're not alone. We're not orphans. And so I pray, Father, as we go back out and engage the world and pick up our, our race track again tomorrow and work and family, that we will go out with a full assurance that our Father is over us, holding us in the palm of his hands. And we are kept people. And he's going to see us through. He's going to see us through. I pray for this in Jesus' name.